Good morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Today, we have a very special guest with us by the name of Marla Oliu, who is the Manager of Campus Recruitment for Hilton Caribbean and Latin America, and she is also a proud graduate of the Chaplin School of Hospitality and Tourism Management. Welcome, Marla. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. So for our listeners, can you please share a little bit about your background and um, a little bit about your past experiences as far as career and what led you to the point that you're at right now? Yeah, definitely. So again, thank you, Kathy, Natalie, and Luli for inviting me to be part of this podcast today. I am always so happy to participate in anything that has to do with my alma mater and especially with hospitality, which for me, you know, it really did pave the way to where I am today. So I graduated from FIU in 2009 with my bachelor's in communications. And in 2013, with my master's at the Chaplin School of Hospitality. So while studying at FIU, I actually worked in the Department of University Advancement, where we supported with sponsorships for students and scholarships that they may need to get through their their school career. Um, And I supported the annual giving team, where we actually developed the very first faculty and staff campaign at FIU. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I also participated in the Walt Disney World College program my freshman year where I learned about that actually seeing the brochures and flyers everywhere around the campus. Um, Being a big Disney fan, I definitely knew that that was something I wanted to do. So I worked on Main Street, took some classes there that actually transferred over to FIU. And, you know, one of the best parts of that was just making friends from all over the world that I've kept in contact with to this day. So during that time, that's where I really decided that I wanted to pursue a degree in hospitality. I love the interaction with people, with guests, just being able to help others. So that's the reason that I went into my master's program later on in hospitality. So at the end of my master's program, I decided it was time to branch out from my comfort zone of being at FIU, working there and going to school there, and decided to get a job within hospitality since that's uh, you know what I had studied and really wanted to focus on. So I took a step back from my full-time job and ended up accepting an internship at Hilton in their Miami regional office with their leadership and development team. And at that point, I knew nothing about HR. I knew nothing about what does leadership and development mean, but I knew that it was a step into hospitality and a step into a great company like Hilton. And it was the best step that I could have taken Um, because it's led me now to my position as manager of campus recruitment for Latin America and the Caribbean. And, you know, I I just, I've met so many amazing leaders throughout that time that I'm just so thankful that I took that backwards step that's really pivoted me and pushed me forward into this career that I'm in right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Marla. And, you know, as you mentioned, you are a two-time, you know, um, alum from our FIU, but specifically as well from our master's, from, pardon me, from our hospitality program. And you've done very well and very involved, you know, throughout your time in school, um, as well as, you know, gaining that work experience to lead you to, you know, where you're at now. But with that being said, can you give some advice to our students how they can really be successful 
um, in our program? Yeah, definitely. So um, there's two things that I would want to mention here. And one of them would definitely be to get involved as much as you can on campus, whether it's joining a program, joining a club, uh, whatever it may be, get involved on campus. That way you can make as many connections as possible, learn as much as possible, and you never really know what's going to happen by making those connections and being part of those organizations. So one organization that I'm really involved with on campus is um, National Society of Minorities and Hospitality. Uh, a lot of students don't really know about it at FIU. Yeah, I know it's still growing, and, and the advisor for that is doing a really good job in trying to grow the program. Um, but it, it's just an amazing opportunity to go to conferences, meet students from other universities, get to meet industry professionals, and it really can start off your career within hospitality and any hotel or restaurant business that you want to do. So being involved is just a great way to get experience um, and just make connections that you may not have made uh, if you weren't part of those organizations. And the other point that I'll make is, you know, very similar to that, is to connect with students in your classes as well. You know, make friends. Talk to them. You never know who you may be working with once you leave FIU. I can tell you that I still have friends who I also went to school with um, during my hospitality courses, and they now work for Marriott, for Lowe's, for Disney. So it, it's really cool to see what they're doing and to talk about both of our experiences, kind of see how they've gone in there, what they're doing to continue on, and to just kind of get advice from one another. Um, and if you're ever in kind of like a slump, in the position that you're in, it's good to have friends that work outside of the same company as you. So you can kind of compare and just make sure that you're going on the right path. And if you ever want to take a step outside of that, you have people who can help you with that as well. So don't view your classes as just going into school, doing your class, getting your stuff done and getting out. You know, if you're studying hospitality, it should be because you truly enjoy the industry. This isn't a career for someone who doesn't enjoy helping others or isn't fully committed to the hotel or restaurant or event industry, whatever it ends up being. But, you know, it's really about making those connections, making those friendships, because once you leave the university, as much as they say you're on your own now, you know, the, the good thing with FIU is that that's not the case. FIU is always there. Your friends that you made throughout your time in classes are always there, and it's good to just maintain those connections through LinkedIn and through networking opportunities so that you can continue to support one another. Yes, what wonderful advice, Marla. Thank you for sharing. Being that we are virtual and students and alumni may find it hard to stand out amongst the crowd, can you personally give three tips to our alum, your alma mater, and students to stand out with employers? Yeah, So, and this is one that, that really stood out to me as a question because it truly is the most difficult part right now, right? Everything has kind of shifted and we're not in the same position we were at six or seven months ago. Even as a recruiter, you know, it's just been completely different the way that we connect with students. We're unfortunately not doing any campus recruitment right now, but it's about maintaining that relationship with potential talent that could come back once this pandemic is over, once we're ready to recruit all over again. So I really love this question about how you can stay and standing out above with employers, because even though you may not be applying right now if you're not. It's about what can you do and be ready for later on. So my first tip would be to definitely be your authentic self, right? Whether you're in person or you're virtual, you always want to be yourself and it will come across through camera. <laughs> we can definitely see when, when you're 
not being yourself and it's okay to be nervous. That's not what we're talking about. Um, it's just about being your genuine self with your responses and, and really being true to who you are so that the company itself can see that and see whether or not you mesh with that culture. So if you're interviewing at home and you have a cool house, don't be afraid to share that. We're all in a different place right now. We all have families. We all have dogs. You may hear my dog in the background at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we understand that. Um, we're all humans and these are challenging, challenging times for everyone and we're all managing it differently. So just let your recruiter, your interviewer know that there may be some interruptions due to your current circumstances. And if they aren't understanding of that, then honestly, maybe that's not the right fit for you. Um, so my second tip would be to utilize all of the resources that are provided to you by FIU and other platforms. And for me, one of those biggest ones has been LinkedIn. Right. So I've seen several universities, a lot of platforms that are providing certifications, training during this time. And a lot of them are actually free of charge. So I definitely say take advantage of that if you're able to. Um, you, there's new things that you can add to your resume. And one of the biggest questions that we foresee being asked by employers is going to be, what did you do during this time if you were furloughed, right? If you were on a reduction. So we don't expect you to do everything. But it's definitely going to help you to stand out if you took some time to learn a new skill or add a certification to your resume. And my third tip or advice would be to just be flexible, be adaptable to the current environment, do your research. You know, artificial intelligence was already big prior to the pandemic. We were already using HireVue and other types of resources prior to all of this. But now more than ever, companies are really starting to utilize them because we can't see you in person. We can't go on campus. We can't do career fairs, job fairs, so on and so forth. So we're really utilizing these AI resources to conduct our virtual interviews and assessments. So take the time to learn what the programs are. And as always, just for success. Um, and the other part that I would say to that is to also do your research on what is the company doing differently during the pandemic, right? Have they implemented new protocols? Are they providing rooms to those on the front lines? It's really going to show that you've kept up with the industry standards. You're aware of the changes that are going on, not just globally, but with that particular company that you're interviewing with. And you can also share, you know, how can you add value to all the new changes that are being implemented? Or is there something different than maybe you thought of that the company hasn't thought of itself? So it's just about being prepared and really doing your research. Thank you for sharing that advice, Marla. Um, so my next question to you is what does leadership, leadership, excuse me, mean to you? What type of leader do you aspire to be? Yeah. So, you know, and, and leadership to me, I think this is a very broad question. It's an awesome question because all of our programs that we have at Hilton is about that. You know, all the campus programs that I was recruiting for prior to the pandemic, the elevator program, the management development program, it's all about building leaders, um, future leaders of the company. So I, I think it's an awesome thing to focus on, to think about, because at the end of the day, we're all studying and we're all working towards being the best leader that we can be, right? So leadership to me is definitely someone who inspires others to want to work with them and who leads by example. So to me, it's about leading your team to success while also maintaining a positive relationship with them where they respect you, but they don't fear you. And as soon as I hear the word leader, I always think of our VP of HR, um, or Rivero, and I have to put his name out there because he is just 
to me, the epitome of what a leader should be, where people love him, people see him, they get a huge smile on their face. And for you to be in such a high position and such a high leader in the company and have people want to come talk to you, that to me shows the respect that people have for you. And that it's, you know, uh, the biggest thing to me is not being a leader that people fear, being somebody that people want to work with and really want to help you succeed. So he's always somebody who gives credit where credit is due. He asks for his team's help because he knows that he can trust them. And that's somebody that, you know, the type of leader that I want to be, I want to be able to let go because I know I'm a perfectionist. (laughs) I know that I hold on to a lot of things. So I want to be able to let go and trust my team to do the work. And so I can later on say we were successful because of what you did, because of what you did, what we all did together. Um, And maintain that respectful relationship as well, where they respect me. We can talk on a personal level where they feel comfortable letting me know if something's not right going on. And that's why they're not, you know, working as hard as they tend to or up to par as they used to be. But at the same time, be able to challenge them and know that they can still succeed and do well. So I think it's just about having that trust and that respect with your team. Awesome. So speaking of leaders, do you currently <laughs> have someone you served who served as a mentor to you? And how did you know this person was the right mentor for you? Yeah, so I, I've been fortunate where I've had a lot of strong female mentors in my past. And it's interesting because yesterday I actually sat in a webinar where we were talking about moments that matter. It was all about women in leadership. So that kind of got my mind thinking about this a lot, where I've been very, very fortunate throughout my entire career to have a strong female leader kind of paving the path for me. And so the one who definitely stands out the most to me is my past supervisor I hosted, the person who hired me there. And she really became a mentor and a friend. Unfortunately, she's no longer working with us. She left to, to a different company in a higher position in this company. And, and it's just supposed to show you, you know, you have to get out of that comfort zone. She was with Hilton for 17 years. And she took this step to go to a different company because she knew it was the right direction. And even taking that kind of stuff, that to me is still a way for me to learn and to see, you know what, it's okay to step out of your comfort zone and take that, that big step because you never know what out of it but she became my mentor because she was somebody who was very open with me you know when she did my interview with me for Hilton one of the things that she told me was that she hired me or one of the reasons that she hired me was because I could laugh at myself during, during <laughs> our interview <laughs> I wasn't afraid to to answer the difficult question of you know well how are mistakes that you've made in your past and how did you fix it I was very honest I was very genuine in my responses and I was able to laugh about it and move forward from it. And that was something that she saw in me that could connect well with the team at Hilton and specifically in the Miami Regional Office. And so throughout the, the seven years that she worked with me at FIU, at Hilton, I'm sorry, she was probably the one person who was the most open with me, the most honest with me in everything. She knew how to push me and really challenge me and give me tougher projects. But she also understood the things that I maybe wasn't at as good at or really didn't enjoy doing. So we knew that I wasn't great analytical stuff. I wasn't, I didn't enjoy that part of the job. So she took the time to really help me understand it and learn it and understand the importance of getting it done. And, you know, then she started to trust me a little bit more with those type of projects and give them to me. And I was able to take everything that she taught me and really implement it and learn more from it. And I started to understand 
why it's important to do the things that we may not particularly enjoy all the time, um, mm-hmm. but to see the bigger picture of it and why it's important to do. And apart from that, you know, being a female African-American in a predominantly white male you know, position being high up in, in the company, I just saw the way that she was so well respected. And whenever she would stand up in front of a crowd and give a, you know, in, in a meeting, a big meeting and share anything, everyone would be quiet. They would listen. They really respected her responses because she was just adding value to everything that was being done. That to me showed what the type of leader that I really wanted to be and the type of person that I want to be as well, where I want to be able to stand up in the room and share my thoughts, share my feedback, share my innovative ideas, and be as well respected as she was. She brought this company up in leadership and development in a way that I don't think could have been done without her. Um, and it was just amazing to see her standing out and not being afraid to be different, to be unique, to be herself, because she was definitely silly at times. Um, and people respected her for that because she was herself, but she was also very, very intelligent. And, you know, to this day, I've kept in contact with her. I share with her everything that I do and the success that I've had. And then I definitely say that she's somebody that, that helped do that for me. So thank you so much for sharing that, um, Marla. I mean, <clears throat> as far as Doris and I and Natalie, you know, that's another thing that if we kind of, you know, talk about tips and things that students um, should definitely make sure that they kind of achieve that. One thing that we encourage all our students is, is to identify a mentor, you know? Um, and it's so important now when I think about it, you know, I hear a lot of students are saying, you know, with everything going on, I've really been, you know, connecting and talking more with my mentor for guidance and, and things like that. So I'm so glad that you share that with us. Um, now, going on to a little fun question, which I saw this question and I laughed because I, someone has asked me this question. And I was like, how dare you ask me this? Because it's so hard. <laughs> um, and then I feel like if I miss one of my professors, they're going to be like, oh, you forgot to mention me. But what was your favorite class and professor at the chaplain school? <laughs> so I'm definitely going to mention two professors, but I want to make sure I don't leave any one of them out. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll start off by saying that my, my favorite class was definitely during my final semester, so strategic management with Dr. Sandro Formica. Mm. And definitely was not an easy class. It, it was a very, very tough class, of course, one of the very last ones during um, my master program. But the reason I say it was one of my favorite classes is because we were put into groups on the very first day of class. We were assigned a hotel, and we had to do research and meet with the actual hotel team from the company that we had. So for us, it was the Breakers Hotel in West Palm Beach. And we had to come up with some sort of innovative idea or approach in order to help them. And so from day one, I got put into a group of people that even though I'd already been doing my master's for two and a half years, I hadn't met a lot of these people. So it was a great opportunity to meet them. And for the most part, they all had jobs within hospitality. I was the only one that was working at FIU and they didn't really have the hospitality experience. So it was pretty cool to hear from each one of them and their experiences. But then every class after the first day of class, we were going through the same steps. We were presenting a PowerPoint and Dr. Formiga will give us feedback on our speaking skills and the PowerPoint. And I remember thinking, you know, I I can't believe that this is my class. Every single day I'm presenting on the same exact topic, same exact thing. We're adding little pieces to it here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, it's the same exact presentation. And it wasn't until my very first day of my internship at Hilton 
where I realized the importance of what he was doing. Because on my first day of my internship, my supervisor asked me to create a PowerPoint presentation on the history of Hilton and what I will present if I were to go to campus to sell Hilton to students. And I remember I sent out the Formigan email thanking him for being so tough on us because they were so impressed with my presentation skills, my speaking skills, everything that I had done. And that ended up being the presentation that we used that year to go on campus to recruit for students. So definitely a tough class, but one that I appreciated tremendously because it helped me um, throughout my career with, with Hilton, especially on my first day to really stand out. Um, and my other favorite professor that I definitely want to, to mention is Dr. Miranda Kitterman, who I took two classes with. Um, one of her, one of my classes with her, I think was during her first semester at FIU. And honestly, I, I just loved how down to earth she was, how much she respected her students. She treated us like colleagues almost rather than students. Um, she spoke up to us rather than, you know, almost speaking down to us or just lecturing us. She really connected with us on a different level. And I thought that her approach to learning was just so different from other professors that it made me feel heard. It made me feel valued. And it really, you know, I actually wanted to go to class because I enjoyed it so much. And to me, I feel like she, she prepared us for the real world, the real world. Right. So we had access to the information at our fingertips that, you know, we have Google nowadays. We have all these different ways to find answers. And that was her way of teaching. It was more about how to research, how to find the answers rather than just memorizing things and, and, you know, taking quizzes and tests and this and that. She was so much about preparing us for that real world that I just, I absolutely loved it. And I ended up taking a second class with her because I just thought she was a great professor. We love Sandra, and we also love Dr. K, Marla. So thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> They're both great. Um, so being that um, I know you on a personal level, and I know that you love, 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 love to work out, um, <laughs> can you share with our listeners um, some home workout tips um, that you may have for them? Yeah, definitely. And for those of you who don't know, Luli and I also did our bachelor's together, which is how <laughs> yes. we know each other all this. Um, but thankful that you now work with the School of Hospitality and we're able to continue working together. So this goes back to that whole networking thing, right? That you stay connected with your friends that you went to school with. You never know to what extent you can work with them later on. So home workout tips. Oh boy, if you would have asked me this at the beginning of the pandemic, I would have told you a whole different answer, but I've really come to respect it a lot more. Uh, at, at the beginning, you know, it, it was difficult. I had gotten so used to going to the gym and when the gym closed, it was, you know, that was my stress reliever. That was my, my stepping away, my one hour time just for me and to hang out with, with my girlfriends from the boot camp that I was going to. So it was a big reality check when the gyms closed. And quite honestly, I didn't think it was going to be for as long as it was. So um, I was fortunate in that my boot camp actually started providing virtual workouts. And so our trainer had classes in the morning and at nighttime. So I was able to stay connected with my gym partners online. Um, and, and I think that would be my first tip actually would be to find an online support group. If you're missing that from your local gym, if you need some extra push or motivation, there are so many online support groups for Bootcamps, virtual trainers, so on and so forth that you can get in contact with. 
it's just it's a really good way to help keep you accountable that you know my two friends close friends from the boot camp we started a whatsapp group and we made sure to keep each other accountable throughout this whole thing um you know to, to make sure that we were taking the time to take care of ourselves not only mentally but physically um and the part of it will be for me working out from home i started to realize it was really hard for me to disconnect from work to working out because I was going basically from my kitchen to the living room or to, you know, I'm fortunate that I have a room that we actually turned into a gym. So it was just, I didn't have a change of scenery almost. Um, and I wasn't able to disconnect the work from working out because there was so much going on at the beginning of that. So I started to go out for a run or walk my dog before starting my workout. And that actually made a huge difference. That was the time for me to disconnect those 15, 20 minutes of just going running or walking my dog with my husband was a way to go from work to working out. Um, and I found that, that, you know, it was just a great time for me to shift my focus to my me time and also get that motivation because for me, it, it, it was finding that motivation, not thinking about all the things that I needed to get done for work. Um, you know, I think it's just about you and finding what's going to change that for you. Before I was driving to the gym, was listening to music and things like that was how I would shift my mindset. And I just have to find a new way to do that. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Those are some great workouts, home workout tips. And thank you for sharing the, your story. Since you're very big on working out, I'm guessing you're very cautious about what you eat. All right. I was before, not now, not so much. Getting back into it, <laughs> but yeah, you know, during the quarantine, I've learned to not say no so much to my cravings, and instead, I'm enjoying them more and more every now and then, which may not be the best idea when you you don't have access to your gym or the workouts that you used to have. But I've learned life is short, and we just have to enjoy every single day. Yes. Yeah, so, what is your ideal cheat meal? Oh, boy. So my ideal cheat meal, anybody who knows me knows that it's pizza and ice cream. I'm a simple girl. I like my pizza and ice cream. And every Friday at the OLU household, it is Pizza Friday. (laughs) I'll I'll definitely say, you know, I I love my cheat meal, um, but it's become more of a a lifestyle. Um, I like to say I, I definitely eat my healthy meals. I work out during the week. For me, it's, you know, it's not about undoing all the hard work that you've done Monday through Friday, but you got to find that right balance, that good balance where you're able to maintain your health, but still enjoy all the food that you love. So I don't necessarily cut out all of these delicious sweets and, and foods and things like that, but it's more about the balance and, you know, just not overdoing it. I think with anything that you do, it's just about that, just finding that the happy medium. I'm so glad that you were saying all of these positive things because I'm taking it. The girls know that we were all joked around about what we have not been not cheating on and eating because I was like, yeah, why not bake cookies just on a random nine o'clock night? And I kept telling the girls, like, I, I keep seeing these pounds putting on during our COVID, you know, time here. But um, I think now uh, we've all discussed that we're trying to make sure that we're now being healthy, you know, while being home. But it's it really, like you said, Marla, it's about being balanced and you know, taking care of ourselves, but also still enjoying things because life is short. You know, you just never know. Now, 
I know that besides working out, you and you mentioned it earlier that you are a Disney like down heart fanatic, you know. <laughs> and I joke around with people and like even my students when I say like I recognize those individuals, like I take 10 steps back. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. You are truly, truly a Disney fanatic. So with that being said, what is or who is your favorite Disney character and why? I love it. <laughs> so, yes, I am definitely a huge Disney fan. Part of the reason why I did my Disney internship was because I wanted to work for the mouse. I wanted to be in that happy place all the time. And it was definitely one of the best experiences I ever, ever had. Um, but I would definitely say, and my mom will tell you this from day one, that my favorite Disney character is Snow White. I have pictures as a six-month-old baby with my Snow White doll to this day still you know, my favorite, favorite, um, for sure. And I wish I can give you a more really intense answer to why, but I don't have a really deep reason as to why. I would just say, you know, I think she's sweet. I, I, I think I really connect with her in a way that, you know, she loves the animals. She's so much about nature and, and connecting with them. And I would definitely say I am a dog person. I, I want to help all the animals in the world. My husband has been telling me, you know, Let's start something. Let's start a nonprofit. Let's do something because that's what you're so passionate about is helping, you know, the stray dogs that you see and things like that. So maybe that's an internal reason that I, I really love her as much as I do. Um, but, you know, she's just she seems like a really sweet character. And it's one that I just always loved since I was a kid. Ah, that's beautiful. So that's the end of our question segment. On Rare World Talks, the next segment is called This or That, It's a Game. And oh I will boy. ask you, <laughs> no worries, I'm going to go easy on you. It's fun. <laughs> I will ask you nine questions and provide you two options for those questions. And you will share with me which option you prefer more. And we'll have 10 seconds to answer each question. Are you ready? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first question is, do you prefer to go to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom in Orlando? Oh, oh, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go with Magic Kingdom. And that's just because I love the castle. I love to see the castle every time I go to the parks. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Second one, would you rather have a nose that grows every time you lie like Pinocchio or have a totally <laughs> large ears like Dumbo? That's so funny. Um, <laughs> a nose like Pinocchio, keep me in check and make sure I'm not lying. Yes. <laughs> Lourdes picked the same thing. You and Lourdes are similar. <laughs> Okay. I feel like you can control it, whereas the ears are just there all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, would you <laughs> rather have Donald Duck's temper forever or suffer permanently from Goofy's cluelessness? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's a hard one. I'm going to go with Goofy's clue, clue, cluelessness. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I won't go with Goofy. I don't think I want to be an angry person for my whole life. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't imagine you being angry. You're so positive. <laughs> okay, oh, next no. one. 
Next one, you're an animal lover. So this might be a little hard for you. Would you rather have a biscuit-loving raccoon as a pet like Pocahontas or a mischievous monkey like a boo from Aladdin as a pet? Oh, I have to go with monkey. As a kid, I always, always, always wanted a pet monkey. Oh, okay. That's a good choice. Okay. <laughs> so next one. If you were to have superpowers, do you prefer to read minds or to fly? Read minds. I'm terrified of high, so I don't think I could do the flying thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're the first person who actually said that. So that's awesome. I would read minds too. I'm terrified of heights as well. I think I will be screaming while flying. <laughs> <laughs> next one would you rather go would you rather dance on dancing with the stars or sing on the mass singer oh dancing with the stars i'm a huge nerd and fan of dancing with the stars so definitely pick that one <laughs> ah okay okay so next one this is easy if you're like a strong introvert or a strong extrovert so would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? The ability to read. I, 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 you know me. I talk and talk and talk. I can't lose that. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Okay. Do you prefer to know the history of every object you touched or to be able to talk to animals? Be able to talk to animals. No question about it. I knew you would pick that. <laughs> Okay, last one. Last one. Okay, I'm ready. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone else but yourself? Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm. Hold on, hold on. Repeat it, repeat it. I'm sorry. I want to make sure I understood it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future every single day? Like every 10 minutes, you'll be able to see what's going to happen 10 minutes into the future for yourself. Or do you prefer to see 10 minutes into the future of anyone else but yourself? You know what? I, as much as I want to go with the selfish one, I think I will go with anybody else because you have some, so much more options to see into the future. I don't know if I want to see into the future for anybody, actually, now that I think about it. I kind of just like <laughs> going. <laughs> I feel like if you see into the future, it almost like outlines what every next step is going to be. So that's a tough one, Natalie. These are good questions. Thank you. All right. So you picked neither, right? Yeah, so I think I picked neither. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the end of our game. Lourdes, take it away. Thank you so much, Nat. And thank you, Marla, for joining us. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate you guys inviting me to be here. I wish we could all be together in person again on campus. But, you know, I'm glad that you guys put this together and we're able to stay connected, at least virtually. Absolutely. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear what you had to say, and for sure, when it's safe to come back to campus, we will love to have you back. Thank you. Of course. So thank you, listeners, for tuning into another episode, and tune in next week for another episode of Real World Talks. Bye, ladies. Bye. Bye. Bye.